This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's Obehave with Arden Moore. This show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, when you think of New York City, you might think of Broadway. Ha, ha, ha! Or the cabs. Huge skyscrapers. But let me put a new image in your head. Cats in hard hats. Think about it. You know, some felines in the Big Apple are quietly and effectively taking on trespassing rats and other rodents. And here to tell their tale is the founder and president of Hard Hat Cats, the remarkable Sheila Massey. Hey, you had me at Hard Hat Cats. We're going to find out what's that all about after we take this quick break. So everybody, sit, her. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Obehave will be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have a pretty cool gal on our show today. She is Sheila Massey, and she is the founder and president of Hard Hat Cats. You had me at Hard Hat Cats. You had me at Hard... What the heck is that, Sheila? Well, it's an organization I started back in 2019 in order to place feral cats who were in the New York City animal shelter system and were probably not going to get adopted. Now, the New York City animal shelter system is called ACC, Animal Care Centers, and they do a great job of return to field when there is an outdoor location to which you can return a feral cat. But some of these feral cats don't have a return uh, location. 
for example, cats that come from a hoarding situation or cats that were out at JFK Airport uh, alongside the runway. There was a huge colony for years and they were tolerated. And then suddenly JFK said, we don't want them anymore. And it was a lot of cats. So they come into the shelter system. Well, you know, people come in to adopt, but they want a friendly lap cat. They don't want a fair. You don't want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like, lady, go away. You know, I hate people. Leave me alone. Do not touch me. Do not touch me. <laughs> exactly. So, so we are really dealing with the do not touch me cats. And, you know, they get passed by for adoption. And in fairness, too, by definition, feral cats don't put humans number one on their best friend list, right? They're perfectly happy to be hanging out with the other cats being outside as long as they have a good access to food. And so I say that feral cats, there's all kinds of cats. And these are the cats that aren't sitting on your lap on the sofa. These cats prefer to be outside and they prefer you do not touch them. Exactly. But they sure can do us a world of good, right? Well, you know, I think we've all forgotten about the human animal bond that we used to have generations ago when we had those symbiotic relationships, working relationships with animals. Yeah. And um, there are so many things that we've lost that we're really trying to find again. So one big benefit of hard hat cats, apart from pulling feral cats from the city animal shelter, is that they provide non-toxic rodent control. I love how politically that sounds, non-toxic rodent control, which means kitties are saying to the rats, you're mine. (laughs) Tell us about this. I love it because I think you even, that's your motto, providing non-toxic rodent control. And then you have this dot, 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 we mean business. That's Mm. on the website. I want everyone after the show to go to hardhatcats.org and check out what we're talking about. But non Toxic rodent control. I can see it on a t-shirt. Hey, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that one. But you know, in New York City, and you've probably read all about it, we're overrun with rats, right? And the city really follows the lead of the Department of Health. And the Department of Health has, you know, they have methodologies about how you're supposed to dispose of your garbage and stuff. But none of this works because you don't get 8 million people are not going to follow your lead, right? And there's wall-to-wall food in New York because everybody is either throwing food on the ground or there's garbage bags all over the place. So rats only need one ounce of food a day to survive. And really? the Department of Health, but yeah, it's very, very, very little actually. And you can find an ounce of food on the streets of New York pretty easily. So, oh, um, thank you. So, Department of Health, you know, their meth- their so called prevention methodologies are not effective. We know that. And so they always resort to rat poison. That's what it comes down to. Properties, facilities, parks, gardens, everything have those rat bait blocks. They have rat traps. That is the protocol. And not only does it not work, it contaminates our environment. So a couple of goals of Hard Hat Cats is, hey, listen, we're in the era of sustainability. People want to do the right thing for our planet. 
So here you are, if you're a so-called cat employer, somebody that's going to employ a hard hat working cat, then you're not only saving a cat's life, you're also saving the environment. And you're also contributing to the human health problem of having so many rats in New York City because they carry terrible diseases. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so where are some of the, give us some examples of where these hard hat cats might be hanging out to do this planet friendly alternative to rat poison? Well, breweries. Oh, I'll drink to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and even, even you know what? It's so funny. Uh, the brewers who, who decide they're going to adopt cats, because a lot of craft brewers are run by young people. And I feel like young people are a bit more on board or very much on board with sustainability and helping the planet and helping animals. Anyway, but some of these brewers, they are not cat owners. You know, they've never had a cat before. They're kind of making a business decision. Hey, this is good. We're going to save on extermination costs, which are much yep. more expensive than a can of friskies, right? We're going to save the environment. You know, it's really just going to be win-win. So they don't really have experience with cats. But I have to tell you, these these people fall in love with the cats, the brewers, the employees, it boosts morale. So that was my first foray was actually the first placement I did was three cats in a brewery in Sunset Park in Brooklyn. How did they do? They do great. It has been so impressive to me how the cats adapt to a manufacturing environment. Now, this is not slam dunk. I have a whole set of operating instructions on how you relocate the cats and you give them a couple of weeks in a big old crate with a sheet over it so they acclimate and get used to the smells and the sounds, right? And people, employees feeding them and stuff. So they have time to... And I wanted to jump in there because I did check out your website, thehardhatcats.org, and there it's really spelled out. And you're trying to help the cats on cat time transition to their new location. And they don't do that overnight. But they also are getting spayed, neutered, vaccinated. These are all important things, right? Well, I have to give ACC Animal Control, the city shelter all the credit for that because these cats that come out of the shelter they have been fully vaccinated they've been spayed or neutered they're microchipped they've been vetted for all health problems they're automatically dewormed and defleed but they don't even look at whether they need it or not that's part of the protocol and they get a full behavioral assessment as well hey how do they do with the litter box right so they come out of ACC, healthy, independent cats, and we just want them to live their healthy, independent lives, keeping the brewery grain safe from mice and rats. Or in one case, they're in a, a distillery in Brooklyn, in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. They're oh. in a hotel in Connecticut. Wait a minute. Let's drink up the distillery thing. <laughs> so they're making what? Vodka, whiskey? What are they making? Wine? What are they doing? Well, you know what? They make kind of old-time Tennessee-type whiskey. I'm from Tennessee oh. originally, so, you know, I, I do know. Oh, cool. 
cats. That's whiskey. a good place for Tennessee. Part of, the, part of the repertoire. <laughs> for, for whiskey and bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bourbon. Bourbon is one of their main products. Bourbon, wow. rye, that type of thing. They make what they call moonshine, but it's not really moonshine, but it's kind of like a schnapps. Um, so a lot of their stuff is corn-based. Which is uh, beckons any good hungry rat or mouse, right? Definitely. I mean, they, they, they spend... God knows how much on thousands of dollars on their raw materials, their grains and stuff. So, you know, they want to keep that safe in a non-toxic way. And the two cats that went to this distillery, um, it was a young male and an older female. And so they named them Harold and Maud. All right. Tell everybody the reference. Come on, Harold and Maud. Well, this is really an old classic movie about a romance between a really young guy and a elderly woman, and it's one of one of the and that's been on movies. Broadway too, hasn't it? Hasn't that? Has it? Uh, oh, I think so. Heard. I think yeah. So Harold and Maude, which is appropriate. So go ahead. Yeah. So this is almost iconic, right? Harold and Maude. So Maude came from a hoarding situation, and Harold was an angry, angry, kind of fretful black cat in the shelter. He had been taped up in a box and just left outside. Uh, And he was a mess in the shelter. He seemed so aggressive, right? But he was just angry and afraid. Anyway, so we put those two together. I always adopt at least two out because I think when you're ferals, you love other cats right you're a feral cat exactly. you like other cats better than so you need your buddy so exactly. um, anyway they got a dog no cat together. is an island <laughs> it's very true i mean we, we do kind of want our own species uh, yes. at least one of the uh, of our own species with us so they got adopted out together and you know it's funny maude is still a little standoffish but harold is the biggest biggest mush in the world he accompanies people on distillery tours and i have a little video of him where the the tour guide is going to say okay harold are we ready to tell everybody about whiskey now come on we got to tell them the scoop what a great life that's awesome we're listening to sheila massey she is the founder and president of hard hack cats we're going to find out what made her get into this area of giving back after we take this break. So sit, her, we'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Lily Tomlin, and I invite you to listen to the Old Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Old Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I got a friend here, Sheila Massey. We're talking about 
hard hat cats you know i love your logo and we're going to put that on the episode on the pet life radio website tell us about it's pretty cool I give because for this is a podcast so time to be visionary here sheila tell us what it looks like oh it's a it's a big black oval with two big yellow ochre eyes the way you would see a cat at night and Early on, I decided not to do a really cutesy little thing like a cute cat in a hard hat, right? Because I'm talking to business people mostly. And business people have a different point of view. They want something that's effective. And so I'm trying to let them know these are serious cats. They mean business, like you said. And um, they are on the job. And one one of the real advantages of feral cats is that, you know, they're going to kind of avoid people during the day. You don't want cats in a business situation, whether you're a distillery or a brewery or a hotel or even a community garden. You don't want cats schmoozing with everybody. You don't want them schmoozing with your customers, right? You don't want them rubbing up. You don't want a needy cat. You want a cat that kind of lays low during the day and does its prowling, its hunting at night. So the feral cats are really perfect for this. They live independent lives, ignoring people (laughs) and doing what they do best, (laughs) which is ignoring us and getting to work. No schmoozing allowed, hard hat cats. No schmoozing allowed. (laughs) So people are kind of curious because we're talking cats, so I can use words like curious. Sheila, what's your background? What did you do and what inspired you to start this nonprofit? I mean, I'm really impressed. Well, my background is is in, I started out in computer work really early on back in the 60s. Yeah, I'm that old, really. That's at the No, you were a prodigy, a child prodigy. Come on, helping you. Come on. No, no. No, I wasn't. No, but thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the the boost. All right. You're welcome. (laughs) So, but then I went into um, operational auditing and eventually into fraud investigation. Well, wait a minute. Let's clarify. You went into fraud? (laughs) Oh, are you (laughs) into fraud investigation? Oh, thank you for clarifying. Uh, Mark, our producer, Mark Winter, please make sure you have that, that she isn't into fraud. Well, that's a pretty cool gig. My sister was an auditor, an internal auditor for many years. And one time we were at a restaurant and she watched the the, the person behind the uh, cash register and she's in between bites of a burger. She far- figured out that every other transaction, the person was voiding out. So at the end of the day, could tip in the till and grab some money. So she wiped her face, napkin, and calmly went over to the manager and said, you might want to pay attention because he's going to fraud you. And that's my sister, Super Cape Fraud, Deb Moore. Wow. Oh, it's so I love that stuff, really. There are just so many ways. So you like that. So anyway, go ahead. Oh, well, that was that was what I officially did. But while I was doing that and the last 20 years of that, I I had my own I had my own business. I did it independently. Um, But a friend of mine asked me to take in this little black kitten, a stray kitten. And I said, no way. I don't even like cats. I'm a dog person, you know, and I did, you know, and so this guy convinced me to take in the stray kitten. Okay. 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 I didn't even know how to pet the kitten. I was thought (laughs) you don't tap him on the head. (laughs) What do I do with a cat? Well, 
this kitten, Sadie, I just fell in love with this cat. Sadie was so smart and intelligent and funny. Really, it was just such an amazing animal. So once you fall in love with the individual, I guess you just fall in love with the species, right? So as soon as I retired, I started doing TNR in New York City in my neighborhood. We need to, to let people know TNR is trap, neuter, return. And it's the the kitties with the little left, the ear is tipped, the left ear to mark that they've been spayed and neutered and vaccinated. But among the insiders in the feline world, TNR. But I just want to make sure because we reach over half a million people globally. And I want to make sure we got that acronym. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. It just rolls off the tongue. I didn't even think about it. But yes, yes, trap, neuter, return. And when you return the cats is as as you're describing, then you manage the cat colony. You don't just release the cat and say goodbye. The R is really the beginning of the work, not the end of the work. The R then starts colony management. It should be TNRM. I agree. I do agree that after the return, it is all about colony management. Yes. Colony management. You release the cat, you, you set up a feeding station, you feed the cats every day. They generally congregate in a colony. And once you have a feeding station, they're definitely going to congregate. Cats being the opportunists that they are. They know they're going to get a meal every day. So they hang around. You set up winter shelters, too. And you make yep. sure the cats are fed every day. And one of the benefits of this, well, there are several benefits, um, as we've said, they've been neutered and vaccinated, these cats. But the benefits are that if you feed them every day, they stick around. They then claim this as their turf, their territory. They mark that territory. The rats leave. People often think that if you have a cat colony, that the cats are constantly fighting rats and killing rats. That sounds like a a four-legged version of West Side Story. When you're a rat, you're always a rat. (laughs) You're a rat all the way from the first cigarette. Your last dying when you're a rat. <laughs> All right, I got you on that. Started. But seriously, so give us the the real skinny. They're not sitting there saying you want a rumble rat. You want a rumble? What's going on? Well, what happens is female rats don't nest where their predator lives, and once you have the cats residing there, marking their territory, the rats get the memo. They're not stupid. They leave. That's the thing. So even though you may see a little carnage early on where cats are killing some holdovers or something, the rats take Those off. Those aren't very smart rats. No, they are not. They were probably doomed. Darwinism at work. So that's when actually it was that was when even before I knew the term working cats, managing a, a TNR cat colony, I could see that they provided an essential human benefit. We got rid of the rats in my neighborhood. And my neighborhood was not a salubrious neighborhood by any means. And the rats took off. I had four different cat colonies in my area in a four block radius where they had kind of congregated there in a community garden, in a prison. One of the places they congregated was this prison a block away. And one was a landmark mansion with grounds. And so I talked to the property owners and had to do a lot of a lot of talking and educating to convince them to let me come on site 
trap the cats, get them spayed, neutered, vaccinated, and then release them back on their site so that they could be fed every day, for example, on the prison grounds. Ultimately, this prison was extremely happy because they never had problems with rats again, as was the community garden, as was the landmark mansion and grounds. The fact is you put the cats back, you feed them every day, you take care of them, they take care of you. So Sheila, this is such a good idea. And I love your term, hard hat cats. I know there might be some other programs elsewhere or people from other areas of the country and elsewhere coming to you for some tips and advice. What's happening? Well, what I tell them, some people do come to me. They think that I have a bunch of employers lined up. And if, if they have a cat that's not placeable, they want me to, you know, get it a job. This is the way, it, but this is the way it works. It works a little bit in reverse. It takes a lot of shoe leather. First of all, I go around, go to breweries, I email breweries, I get in contact with different places that I think might be interested. It could be a shop, it could be an office, it could be a, you know, a bike shop, for example, a florist. I do that, I do the shoe leather bit, I walk around and I try to get new employers. Now, usually they take my card and my pitch and they say, okay, they'll think about it. But when they do come through and say, hey, we thought about it, we want to hire a cat, then, only then, do I get them to fill out an adoption application because what you, the rescuer, what you need to know is how big is their facility? Uh, What's the location? Is it on a main street? What's the door situation? Are there doors that are opening all the time? Are there doors that are left open? How many entry exit points are there? Do you have a lot of foot traffic? Do you have a lot of customers? Do you have employees? Is it manufacturing? Do you have hazardous waste? I mean, you really have to vet that particular facility. And once I know what I'm dealing with and they fill in this application, I get references. And then once I know what the risk are and what the facility or in place of workplace is going to be. Then and only then do I go to ACC, the animal shelter. I go to ACC. I have a contact there. Her name is Sarah Hollers. She's in charge of the community cats program, and that includes working cats. So I talked to Sarah about, look, I'm going to need two cats, but ideally I need two cats that are going to stay indoors. They have that have had an indoor life, for example, cats that come from a hoarding situation. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You just have to kind of fit the cats. You got to find out cats. the cats, which is perfect. Cats can't fill out their job application, Sheila. They're going to need you. Well, <laughs> they don't have well, thumbs. Well, actually, when I do have a cat candidate, I send their pictures, their medical records, and their assess, you know, their behavior assessment. So I have thought about having like a cat CV, their curriculum vitae, right? Because <laughs> I do send prospective employers the cats that I think would be the best fit. For example, right. if, it's a, if it's a community garden in Queens, I definitely want cats that have been outdoors. Like at a particular garden in Queens, I place two of the JFK cats there. Oh, from the airport. Okay. From the yeah. airport. They had always lived outdoors. So obviously that's the environment they're used to. For a apartment building who just applied, these cats are going to be indoors. So I've got two cats 
that are really good candidates. They're feral, but they were with a person that was a semi-hoarder that didn't socialize her cats. So they're feral, but they've always been indoors. There's a lot to this. Oh, my God. There really is. Just a couple minutes left. What would be something that would surprise people to know about you? And please don't tell me you're into fraud. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What would be, you know, this is kind of paying homage to the late, great Barbara Walters. Complete this sentence. She was a master interviewer. People may not know that I fill in the blank. I love modern dance. I do modern dance as a hobby and portrait painting as a hobby. Oils, watercolors? Oil, oil, oil painting. People, mostly. Yep, mostly people. I love that. You know, I really, I love the arts. So that might be something they don't know about me. All right. Go ahead and tell everybody how to find out more about Hard Hat Cats. Hard Hat Cats. Go to the website, hardhatcats.org, as Arden had, had mentioned. Also, I'm on Instagram. This is really the best place to okay. post the pictures and stories. Hard Hat Cats on Instagram. Did you have fun today? I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too, Arden. Oh, I did. And I salute you for what you're doing to give these cats a job and to keep the Big Apple more healthy. Sorry we don't have rats and mice as our guest on the show, I, but I'll salute a hard hat cat any day. So thank you, Sheila, for being on the show. I also at this time want to do a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound and a big cat fan himself. Pet Life Radio is the largest pet radio network on the planet. Humbly, this show has been the longest running pet podcast. We have been on the air continuously since 2007. And check me out. Go to ArdenMoore.com. Really hope you'll be uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel. Very easy, Arden Moore. So check it out. We've got hundreds of great videos for you. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.